all right, we've got you've got your you've got your task. You've given me the route. Yeah. So your guide is Athos. Athos. So add one to your embarkation check. Your peril rating is two. Am I supposed to understand this, John? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> add one. So, to your okay. Okay. Let is me share the. the... <laughs> Let me. Can I share this now? So I've, I've put something in the notes, folks, that you can see for our journey tasks as to what roles we're doing. Um, so if you Is click on the Discord? notes on the right hand side, no, it's in uh, on fancy ground. So if you have got the notes icon on your right hand side, I've just Hang made on. a public thing there. Journey tasks. And you should be able to open that up and see what your tasks are. Perfect. So you can write your own notes and you can make them public uh, for everybody or you can just have them for your own. Uh, information that's good okay so you make an embarkation role which is your guide's proficiency bonus so for you that is your survival bonus mm -hmm. chris yep. you also add half your wisdom bonus to that okay so that is... and you take away the peril rating which is two two yep it's okay. some peril that reminds me of Monty Python. Sorry, I shouldn't keep mentioning peril. <laughs> oh, there's some peril. Um, okay. Do you want me to do that role, John? So give me a deep. So yeah, you can actually set up the full modifiers. You you can add one as well. well. Right. Half my wisdom bonus comes to plus two. The peril rating is minus two, so it is just my survival role. Yeah. Yep. Add one as well because of your conversations you've had. Modifier. So I'm add, add the interactions you've had. So it's, it's this plus one. Do it in the open or in the tower? Do it in the tower. Oh, okay, I've put a plus one on. Tell me if it comes through, yeah? Yep. And do that with a D12, not a D20. A D12? Yep. Okay, so it's this plus seven, yeah? Yep. Uh, I've never rolled a D12 before in here. Okay. You're all dead. Sorry, but sorry, lads. Three <laughs> <laughs> characters. So yeah, well, that was a short second. <laughs> Mysteriously, Hathor says, "Follow me," and we head south. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd in the river. river. Go all over the falls of Raros. <laughs> Mordor. Well, that was where we were going, wasn't it? Um. Okay, so you're feeling pretty good. You um, you make some good preparations. Help us pick up a few days. Rations you trade for some of the other stuff you've got. You're ready, ready to go. You're so optimistic that you feel kind of okay. I think we can um, we can head out fairly soon. And the next morning, you're up bright and early. And uh, let me see, let me see what the weather's like. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So actually, it's it's similar temperatures the next morning. No rain in the air, and you you set off. You're actually pretty optimistic. You're doing making some good time. And what you find is that. It's so good to be traveling. You can hear spring birds. Actually, the smell of not wood smoke in your lungs every hour of the day and Hathis's infernal pipe he seems to smoke all the time is really nice for you. Amalfrida can feel like she's out there in nature again, which she's missed. And actually, to be honest, spending a little bit of time more than a few yards away from a bunch of smelly old middle-aged men has been quite nice for her as well. You've got a spring in your step. You, you're feeling really good about that. And so, uh, yeah, you make, you're making really good time. 
your journey is pretty uneventful. You, for the first couple of days, you're traveling west through the woods. You, um, it's it's fairly sparse, easy going. You meet woodmen coming to and fro. You travel north up the Anduin fairly well. Chris, give me a roll another d12 and have one. Uh, do it in the tower, sorry. A day or two after you cross, uh, sorry, after you've been traveling up the Anduin, quite late in the afternoon, you're, you're scouting, you look out, uh, pretty much focused on finding a, a decent camping spot. You see a, looks like it could have been like right of an ancient battle or something. And as, you, as you're setting up camp, out of the corner of your eyes, you can almost see hillocks around you, maybe even movement, ghostly movement in the at the periphery of your vision. As soon as you look at it, it disappears. But it's it goes fairly uneventfully. Um, the this as the full darkness comes down, either good or bad, but those things you were glancing in your peripheral vision disappear a little bit. And our lookout, could you make an investigation check, please, in the tower? Uh, that's moaning. Sorry. Yeah. As you are, as you were finally setting up camp, the, there is a strange sunburst that comes through the dark clouds just on the horizon as the sun's setting, and it seems to raise your hopes a little bit. It shines into your clearing that you've set up. What you saw as shadows or maybe shadowy creatures, as you get a good look around the clearing, seem to be not in evidence at all, and you seem to be much more reassured. Can't, can't work out what it was, but you seem to be much, much better place now. Can I glance around? Is everyone else experiencing this kind of roller coaster as well? I mean, I, I know they are, but I'll look around just to make sure my fellows are also undergoing this kind of roller coaster, yeah? Yeah, everyone was, whether it was like feeding off each other's fears, but very nervous for a short space of time there. Uh, and that area, that area of darkness was fairly, it seemed very real. It seemed supernaturally dark around the area the sky darkened well way faster than you thought it should do some of the lumps on the ground had a look of shallow graves almost now now the light shone through um Amonin stood up and seemed very confident with a lot of bluster as the sun was shining through and that those fears seemed to be an ill-founded do we know if there were any battles actually fought uh, on this area as either the orcs advanced or uh, the goblins advanced or anything else, John? Uh, give me a knowledge law check or law check in the tower. Uh-oh. You, no idea. You, what you do know is battles were fought up and down the Anduin for right. Yeah. So uh, it could well have, your fears could well have been very real. Okay. Um, Amal Frieda will... Um, look at the amulet that she's got that magically appeared um, next to her bed before they set out. And I've got this bloody thing. Okay. Um, pack up. Carry, carry on traveling. You, there's some very notable things you see when, you, um, when you're traveling through there. The things that really struck out, stuck out in your mind was passing through a wide field stream with gray boulders and, and lots of deer running through it in the distance. Um, and you ate very well that night. Amalfrida brought a deer down and you had, and that really lifted the spirits. You hiked past a, one day a great copse and stand of huge emerald green ash trees, new, new spring growth coming out. Of them. And uh, it's really, what was really interesting, it was almost like humanity, human feelings from the trees. One of them had fallen many, many years before, obviously covered in moss. The others were almost inclined towards their fallen comrade. 
probably the wind that did it, but it's a very dark yeah. image in your mind. Some of the uh, streams that you were across, you had to use many old fords. And one of the fords you noticed had very clear, very, very well-made square block, still visible in the, in the bottom of the ford. Probably a hundred, hundreds of years old uh, with probably dwarven make um, mm. you, that you went through. The path changes throughout the day, um, every day, and it's every, almost around every every corner or through every copse of woods, there's something very different. Uh, and this particular day in the morning was little more than a track used by goats and deer. But by lunchtime, it was, again, great dressed slabs of grey stone, risen and broken now, but clearly carefully placed. And very not very not a, a a goat herder's track. So yeah, just very fascinating scenery that you're passing through every every day. It's all very varied, but overall your spirits are very positive, very uh, very high there. Um, Chris, give me another D12 roll modified by one in the tower. Yeah, yeah. Dumb. So now you have you spent uh, an evening with Amalfrida's father in Crofters Vale um, or some of the farmstead folk around there. And you are a couple of days north of there, roughly probably where the East Middle Vales is. You've made really good time. And as you're probably no more than two days from the edge of the Elf Path, yeah. coming from the uh, northeast, but uh, quite a long way away from you, maybe two, three miles, much closer to the borders of, of Mirkwood than you are. You see there are, must be a company of elves. Um, now, for the, for the humans around, apart from maybe Sigmar, elves are fairly mythical. So too far away for you to, to catch up with them, then they almost, it's, it's a misty start to the morning when you see them. It's almost as the ragged mist parts and then comes back again you have this sort of epiphany of, wow, they are elves, the, the humans amongst you. So you are all uplifted by this. Something very hopeful, probably glimpse into the past looking at the elves. Monan's hoping uh, that a tree falls on them and kills them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone make a wisdom check in the tower. Just a straight wisdom check, yeah? yeah. So it's not wisdom save, just an ability check, yeah? Straight ability check with wisdom in the tower, yeah. Okay, so as you're, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about it for the rest of the day, and Sigmar is the most up, the most upbeat he's been about the elves. You don't see many of those, and that that's good if they're abroad. Uh, the rest of you are fairly down downbeat about it, and where well, they're heading west, they're leaving the woods, so that's not a good sign. And yeah, you feel you feel as if it's, you've been a bit despondent by the end of the day at, at that one. Okay, so you carry on you carry on traveling after another another few days as you're walking along. You're getting very close to probably where the elf path is now um, in its decision time. You come across this; it's almost on top of you when you see it. So as you're walking along a culvert, obviously a stream pass, passes through here in very wet season. You spot this massive fallen sculpture, ahead of which a bit cracked. No idea how old it is. And you're talking uh, about that amongst yourselves. Wow. So, um, Monin, you realize that is almost certainly 
old human work, but very, very good quality. Okay. Um, uh, yes, I mean, predates predates even some of the the, the recent, uh, but by recent, relatively recent building in Erebor and the Blue Mountains that you're aware of. So it's it's very old. Do we um, recognize? Do we recognize the image of the king? No, you don't. It's more stylized than anything else. And, and it's, it seems to be part of a, uh, some ancient settlement of some form. You, you know the king is Manish, but there's roots and moss lying thick across most of it. I'll probably go over and start scraping it off if it comes off easily with my dagger, just to see if I can get a better look at the features. Okay. Now, um, definitely interesting now in terms of, wow. This is okay, give me a perception back. check if you're scraping off and looking, looking around it. Oh, perception. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you scrape it off. No real insight into what the who who that who that king was. But it's Manish and very very old. Um, but it seems to be part. Basically, there's some like knee high stone walls. Occasionally, looks like the whole place has crumbled and fallen into disrepair. Definitely no no buildings or anything around. Suddenly, the air is split with a series of shrill shrieks. A rasping horn sounds tunelessly nearby, and a shout of "Hang on!" It's uh, <laughs> has had a menu echoes through the trees, and you realize. So, Monin, you recognize that immediately as it's in dwarfish uh, in uh, in Kuzdal. Um Anyone who speaks Kuzdal will recognize that. Um, but it's coming from just uh, a little bit further up the path. And we heard a horn as well. All you've heard is some... You recognise Dwarvish because you've heard moaning swear enough in it in the, in the last right. few uh, yeah. few days and weeks, but um, you've no idea what it says. Right. There's, they're, ask, they're, they're asking for defence and they're calling to themselves. They're, under, they're in danger. You can stay here or not, but I'm going after them. And he starts bounding off towards it, pulling out his own horn. Uh, Amalfine will run after him, loosening her axe. Okay, uh, one second. I don't think I'll take her long to catch up with him. <laughs> okay, I, w I won't put them on, but in the middle of... So uh, let me just share this with you. Put you guys on there. So you come running... Um, towards, I'll just put you, you can distribute yourselves. So you come running into this clearing, and at the bottom of the clearing, just south of the tree, you can see they can only be orcs. There are four of them, and they're menacingly moving forward towards a group of, let me put some chairs on for this. So there are three dwarves who are carrying back around uh, a big fallen broken tree in the middle of the clearing, and they're they're backing towards you. They've got some very crude weapons, but really nothing much to write home about in their hands, and they're carrying from you. Everyone, give me an initiative roll. Nicely done. That'll do. Okay, um, not as nicely done as Amalfrida though. So, <laughs> hello, Silk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got uh, someone in the Rollmaster campaign typically triples most people's initiative roles. <laughs> so, uh, 
Armand Frida, you get to you get the jump on and get to act first. So you you come hunting into this clearing and suddenly you've you've aware of orcs. You've seen your father and some of the um Bjornings Muir settlement have to fight them when they were trying to uh, get close to your farmsteads, but your knowledge of them is limited to, to, to viewings of them and basically helping clear up the aftermath, pulling teeth out. So uh, what do you want to do? Uh, so this is the first time I've really, I've heard of goblins and orcs, but this is the first time I've really seen them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can give you a quick a quick description and just show you what these beasts look like. And... Uh, I, th- I think Amalfrida will probably step forward and then i think she probably looks like my mother-in-law i think she'd probably go forward i think she'd freeze to be honest this is her first time fighting i think she'd just freeze so i'm gonna um she readies her axe and shield and then looks around to see what Monin is doing i think she'll she'll freeze um, so if you attack you're basically readying an action to defend yourself but nothing much else no so she'll ready her action shield so that if she's engaged she can defend but i think to be honest she'll hold her action and see what moaning does okay uh what All i'll right. do is if, if moaning's moaning, uh she will basically follow moaning's lead so that okay. won't really interfere with combat tracker at all so if moaning wants to go first she'll then follow no problem. So, Steve, targeting is the same as uh, Rollmaster, so control click to target. At the moment, you're targeting yourself. So if you control click, that remove that target. I'm not sure what you're planning to do, but okay, you can... So he, he's going to blow the horn that he's he got out as he's running in um, and run forward towards the dwarves, just blowing his horn and shouting, Kazad, Kazad, the, the dwarves are upon you, and then you fucking goblin scum. <laughs> no. So um, I've locked combat. I've locked tokens, so you can easily measure movement. So just drag your token to where you want to move. You've got a standard twenty-five foot move. If you want to uh, do an extra long, long move, you can do. That's fine. So you come up just behind. Right, Amalfrida then will take her action, and she will move uh, to there. Okay. And that'll be her turn. That'll be her uh, delayed action. No problem. So you move up beside the other dwarves, and their heads whip round as they hear you, and then look extremely relieved at the sight of Monin. Um, and even more relieved when someone else joins their ranks. They just more relieved when he stops blowing that bloody horn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hear the basically the sound of what sounded like a strangled troll being blown from Monin's uh, uh, <laughs> lips on his way over. Um, that bloody hurts my ears. <laughs> with, with red cheeks, you're like, oh, uh, I don't like it like this. When I play it like this, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's where you moved up. So you're kind of ready to engage, but yeah. not all that else. No. Um, anything, any other action, Monin? Um, yeah, if... Uh, just sling uh, the horn and get ready with the weapons. Okay. So uh, my assumption there, you basically, you've got a bit like Boromir had your horn will be on a, like a leather thong, so you can easily just drop it and it goes down to your chest again. Exactly so that. to make that easy. So um, in terms of the 5e rule set, you can 
draw a weapon as a free action if you didn't have one drawn or sheath is as a free action um if you want to do like draw a weapon and a shield that would take an action to do so the, the clues in the end if you say taking out a healing herb and eating it that requires an action if you're just taking out the healing herb that that's a free action so hopefully we're running in with the shield in one hand blowing on the horn in the other and then as soon as it got close just drop the horn and draw the warhammer so I still have the shield already. Yeah, that's fine. I'll say you can do that. Um, so you just you just get the warhammer out and you're you're ready in in the ranks there. Um, and just hit the next actor button, which is the little down arrow at the bottom of the combat tracker. It may be something different. That's it, and that just goes round. Immediately you run up um, like that. The tiny little goblin. I'll just describe what they look like because you you all know that the these uh, there are very very many different types of orc around. These are small. They're probably not not much more than four four and a half feet tall. Bandy legged. They look like the classic British infantrymen from the pre-Victorian era. <laughs> Rickets bow back. They don't look like the strong physical physical specimens, but they look mean and they look ready for business so the first one comes running in and actually runs straight up to our Frida, considering that she looks the least threatening everyone there <laughs> and targets Frida with a nasty looking sort of hooked sword she uh, and she lashes out to attack you with it now john i've got protection so i, I think that's supposed to do with a shield or yeah you need to be sorry i should have like that so um protection you can use as a reaction which is exactly right as you're describing but you need to be within five feet of someone yeah. so at the moment you are about 10 10 feet or so away each square is five feet so you need to be basically in a square next to animal free to detect her okay well if she was running by too far i would have tried to grab her and say no stay beside shot beside the shield side the shield. all right um, so um, what, I, what I'll say, these guys, you're getting used to the rule set. These guys backed off as you came running up, and I'll just say you run up to there. Okay. Um, I mean, Amalfrida would have done what Monin said. She's okay. Not experienced. Okay. No worries. A bit of a wreck on there, but that's fine. And what what Monin? Um, so what I'd like you to do is actually, I don't need you to do, do anything. That basically applies disadvantage on an attack. So you basically this sword flashes out and it was heading straight for Amalfrida's collar area whip fast you interpose with the shield and you just roll the attack again can't you fucker me you are joking holy wow. crap <laughs> you are doomed to die love okay this is um this is an interesting start to the campaign <laughs> Uh, and on, the, on this rate, you'll be dead by the end of the encounter. <laughs> dead by nightfall. Oh, god! You manage to get uh, you manage to get your shield up, but it deflects it unfortunately into into your scalp. This it, it saves your life, but this sword flashes for your neck. It gets deflected by moaning shield, but that hurt. You're in a lot of pain. Blood trickles immediately and sort of gushes into your eyes. It's a scalp wound. Heads ringing a little bit. Um, that was nasty. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Immediately after that, one of the this goblin just takes a step forwards and he lashes out with a 
a spear get thrown from the bushes here. Ooh. That that one sticks in your thigh, Monin, as you, as it comes in from distance. Why does that say attack nineteen at Monin miss? Ah, that was my vague assumption that you'd have a typical armor class. I've just remembered <laughs> your Monin head to foot in in metal. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> it hits your thigh, ricochets off into the air, um, and and the you can see the goblin. Recalls back a bit from that. Next goblin also takes a step up. Didn't learn from his colleague. Lashes out with another spear at you. This one misses wildly. Just sticks in the tree trunk behind. And then the final one. He also steps up. And this one gets thrown at Amal Frida. But fortunately, it misses her. Um, sticks in the ground at your feet. So Amal Frida is got a. Bad, bad head injury from the last one. Next up is Brother Hathus or Hathus. Hathus will shout stay to his dog and he will run up to Amalfrida just by her, take one look and he's going to have to uh, use hands of heal on her because he's worried that she has um, taken a nasty hit. Okay. Oh. He's healed her a bit and he'll say... You're right. You're right. You hang. Stay in there. You so yeah, we need, we need to come up with how that how that looks like in combat. It's um, it says I touch her, I expend a healing dice, instantly granting them hit points equal to D eight plus my wisdom modifier. So it's not. Yeah, yeah I, I mean in in the in the game sense, the, not not the rule set sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There so is a no touch rather than a. That's basically like a compress or even something like I don't know. She's got the vapors, and you put yeah, something so under her nose and snaps her back into reality again. Because that kind of happens in twenty seconds or so, doesn't it? Yeah. So I'll get mop. the magic sponge out and mop her fevered brow, <laughs> put yes. a little bit of a bit of tape on it, and say you're fine. A bit of Vaseline on the lips and eyelashes. That's it. You're fine. Go on. All you need Shol- is man spray. Exactly. <laughs> bit of a shoulder massage. Go on, champ. You're all right. Okay. Cool. Um, and you find out that. Um, the sorry, sorry. One one thing I mentioned for, for oh, Mer- on. gone. Sorry, no, it's okay. They encourage you to use features of the of the environment. Basically, um, you kind of do that in D anD D, and we do that in Rollmaster as well. But so it's yeah, that you can get modifiers from, for example, an attacking from hidden and uh, and those kind of things. So I'll just flag that with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, you're defending the the dwarves who are ahead of you. So that anything else from brother? He's, I think he's still got five foot move left. Um, so he'll take a five foot step behind diagonally northeast. Yep. And if he can free action, he'll shout to the dwarves, Are you guys okay? Are there any more of you? Actually, no, he's, they're foreigners, aren't they? Are there any more of you? <laughs> <laughs> and then next action. Well, dog is just staying because he doesn't know what to do. He's probably barking his little nut off, but yeah, uh, dog, dogs actually. Um, just give me a wisdom check for the dog. <laughs> oh God! Dog turns tail and heads off. Literally home. shits himself. So yeah, he's set, uh, his wisdom is twelve. So he's got a plus one. So it's d twenty plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Plus one d twenty in the tower. 
like that doesn't matter. Um, dog disappears. <laughs> you hear whimpers uh, from <laughs> one. Johnny's down the well. <laughs> I'm trying to hit turn complete, but he won't let me. I guess because he. I know. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So yeah. Sigma, you're up. Um, I'll look behind me to make sure we're not being ambushed from both sides at the same time. Uh, and then, assuming there's nobody there, put an arrow in uh, the goblin directly south of me. Or endeavor okay. to So at the moment, um, that tree bit of roots there is probably about eight feet tall. You saw it come out of the trees, but you'd need to move to get a clear shot on it. A big... well, okay, so I will shoot at one that I could got a good line on then. Okay. Um, so the easiest way to do it is by getting up behind the tree and firing over it, yeah. like in that area or the or the square next to it. Um, you you get a clear shot there. Uh, you can hit Goblin Four relatively easily with a clear shot. The rest are obscure. Which one was Goblin Four? Bottom uh, left. Yeah, you can do a mouse over to find out which. Okay. The... Yeah, I'll shoot at him then. Okay, so control target him. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I I don't do that because reasons because of my uh, special ability thing, magic. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, doesn't matter anyway. So just to target it, that's the. Yeah, but I know, it tells me in my special ability it says don't target the opponent. Ah, that's right. And You've then got automated a... damage being applied twice. Uh, let me just check. I because I wrote that. Hang on. I there was method in that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 his ability. Basically, he rolls damage twice and picks the best one. But if I target somebody, he'll take the damage from both sides. Right gotcha. Yeah, you can roll to hit and then untarget. I think that's the easiest way. But anyway, that we just see if that. Why would I bother? Why not just don't target in the first place? Uh, that missed anyway. Okay. Um, so it just makes it easier. So we need to remember his hit. But um, okay, I arrow just glances off the. You try to get a low shot. Glanced off the uh, the tree and back in. Amalfrida, you he gives you some smelling salts, the magic sponge, and you're you're feeling a little bit better than you were <laughs> ten seconds right. ago. Uh, so she looks quite pale, shaken, and then swears as she lashes out with her axe. I'm hoping that <sighs> that's not working. Doomed to so die. She's, she's supposed to attack with advantage. I think. Uh, so. You targeted yourself, not the... Aha, uh -huh, I know why. Okay, let me try that again. Right. Much better. Still not working. Never mind. Yeah, so um, let me... Nope. So that, uh, you're, you're using Battle Fury, yeah? Yeah, so she's supposed to get plus oh it's not a strength check that's why but she's supposed to get plus two to the damage on that and she didn't get it uh so there's another two on that i think let me just have a look yeah slash uh, plus four minus no, no that's fine no that's fine yeah i think i about to say i think that coding is accurate so yeah. you can use that twice between rests I, i've just checked one of those uses off yeah um but it's yeah you did well there you go Okay, my name to step forward and try and hit goblin number one. John? Yep. Um, bearing in mind, Amalfrida seemed to hit that goblin pretty well and yet not damage him too much. 
do we notice or spot that they seem to be a bit resistant to her damage? No, and quite to the contrary, that nearly took its leg off. It just says D8 plus 4 minus 6, resistance, bludgeoning, piercing and slashing. So do we notice the fact that... No, that was the attack on me. Uh, so I'm, because I'm in a fury, and unfortunately I targeted myself first. Gotcha, you gained that resistance. Yeah, I've got that resistance. Yeah, you'd accidentally targeted yourself as well as yeah. the goblin. Okay. Checking, why'd you get advantage, Steve? I've no idea, I just rolled the... Uh, because he's attacking something within five feet of me. I think that's a 5e rule, isn't it? Ah, could be. No, I think it's because it's heavy. Okay. Anyway, that definitely hit. That looks like two separate attacks, not one with advantage. Moaning attack hit. Moan oh yeah. Attack, Sorry, hit. you rolled twice. That's oh, why. Okay. So the first, the first one hit anyway. So that's yeah, yeah. Roll damage. And that's just with the. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I still. So, I'll, yeah. unfortunately, the rule set. Some of it's double clicks. Some of it's you. You've damaged yourself there, Moan. <laughs> A few teething problems here. <laughs> I thought I had targeted. You're targeting both yourself and the small goblin. Um, so an easy way to do this, if you're only attacking one creature, you can literally just drag the... Uh, I'll, I'll apply that damage to the goblin. It was goblin four. You can literally just drag the... Um... That's goblin one. Goblin one. So goblin four is back on his feet. It's goblin one that uh, Moaning yeah. helped me with. Yep. And he's also quite neatly stepped in front of me as well, which is cool. I yep. like that. Okay. Uh, it goes down. This Actually, the leg that was severed, it was favouring. It was like hopping up and down on it. Didn't notice your <laughs> blow coming straight in and you take his arm off at the shoulder and it just collapses in a big heap in front of you. Um, so, sorry, just I was just saying um, an easy way I normally attack if you're only attacking one thing is literally just drag your attack dice and drop it on the creature either in the combat tracker or on the map. And similarly with damage, you don't need to do any targeting and just drag and drop, which is pretty straightforward. Um, and that's, so that that's goblin's gone down. Yeah, yeah, goblin's gone down. And that's the oh, from the actions tab where it says weapons. Uh, yep, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. So he's dead. Goblin one disappears from the battlefield. Goblin two, sorry, with a shriek goes. And comes screaming, <laughs> him, drawing a in a very high pitch, creepy way, his bent sword, and attacks Monin, and it clanks off your shield completely. Go. Goblin three runs up, comes round the other side to attack Monin as well. They're all round him. Come on, you wee bastards! <laughs> oh, but this one scores a hit on him. Gets through your chink in your armor. But doesn't do a lot of damage to you. You're feeling okay after that one. And he runs back afterwards and just disengages. And runs straight back to... Can he disengage? Because that's an action, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a special ability to... Oh, he? He, right. he backed off. Um, uh, just ducked under a wild swing from, uh, from Monin. And chuckled and like with a high-pitched laugh. And back off. Oh, you little oh. bastard, you. Goblin 4 runs up and swings at not Amalfrida or no longer unconscious, right? 
And that misses as well. And he also backs away. Oh, you little bastard. To the edge of the forest. Brother Hathers is up. What do I notice of these three dwarves that we happened upon? Are they in clothing or are they in armour? Definitely in clothing. And as you're saying that... They're backing up fast. You seem to have stepped forwards or they've stopped. Oh, they've stepped (laughs) Okay, I'll say, get yourself safe. And then I will very trepidatiously, but wanting to prove himself a bit, uh, he'll move up next to Monin and rather nervily try and hit the goblin to the south. And I'll try and whack it with my staff, yeah? Yep. So if I drop it on its pitch, small goblin to that's a hit. <laughs> Take that, you Whoa! Look at brother half us go. <laughs> okay, you are in your keeper. You're... <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap! <laughs> I'll do a little bit of a, a sort of kung fu twirl with my staff and then come on. Uh, come along, you lot. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear a dog whimpering from maybe 100 yards up the path now. <laughs> you, you did roll a one for your dog. Uh, Sigma, you're up. Trying to shoot Goblin 4 again. So Goblin 4, you're you firing through a couple of friendly creatures there, so in order to try and avoid them, that'll be at minus 2, unless you can get an angle where you're not, they're not in the way. Okay, then I'll move to here. Fire at Goblin other. Okay, that's Goblin 3. Clear shot. Yes. Nice. That's a hit. Five. Four, five. <laughs> drag, five. Drag one of those uh, to Goblin three in the combat tracker, and it'll apply the damage. Cool. Nice shot. Okay, so that skewered him in the guts, and the Goblin squawks in real pain, doubled up around the shaft of the arrow, and it's back to uh, Amalfrida. Right, you little bastard. <laughs> oh, she's getting a nerve up now. She's got just really angry now. That's a hit. Uh, yeah, let me just drag that over because that should. There we go. Yep. And then that one. Oh, yes. Oh, ooh, that, that ooh. hurt. Ooh. Ah, nicely done. I think we've got them on the run now. Moaning. you back a fraction okay goblin's looking scared shitless now okay control click that's it yep good yes solid hit foes dispatch nice okay after a what could have been a heroic, uh, horrific start for Amalfrida? You pulled that one back nicely, operated well as a group. And the biggest surprise was that wizened middle eight bloke with a staff, completely brainwashed with a <laughs> one no one was expecting. Um, after about two or three minutes of whistling and calling, happens the dog comes back. Yes, good boy. Sniffing, sniffing around the, uh, the whole area a bit nervously, um, but. Actually, as he sees dead orcs around, 
actually ends up licking some blood off one of them and then like spitting it out. Doesn't like it very much, but he's vegan, John. Come on, he's okay, <laughs> he's okay after that. And I will take you out of initiative. So um, immediately, these uh, preachers, uh, the dwarfs, come <laughs> huddling around you and say, "Oh my goodness." Thank you, thank you. I do not know what we would possibly have done if you hadn't been there. Uh, we're not fighters. Um, those things just just jumped us. And they go straight up to um, Monin and look extremely enviously at his armour and weapons and sort of pat him gingerly on the shoulder and say, brother, that was uh, well fought. And then look around at the others and say, oh, oh uh, and thanks to you as well. Hathis is going to slump to the ground and look, he's going to be quite shaken. <laughs> this is his first real combat and probably the first time he's killed anything bigger than a spider so and a small one at that. So he's probably going to be a little bit shaken after the yeah, adrenaline I mean, worn off. Everyone sits down kind of nervously around the log and just uh, you check out Almafrida's wound. She's not that badly injured. And you, you see the three dwarves introduce themselves. Um, Snorri. Snorri. Nori, Bori, and the last one is Flory. No, ha! Is his name okay? So Snorri says, um, "I'm going to lead of this group here. He's he's a snowy-haired, wily old dwarf. He's about four feet tall, wears a dark grey cloak, and has an eye patch over his left eye. Doesn't stop him making good use of his his fairly well healed clothing. He's got the Hint of a gold-hilted sword hanging from his baldric side. A leather pack containing some tools by the looks of things. And his good eye is bright like a pebble. Um, it's clear and he, does, he looks like he doesn't miss much. Bori is the youngest-looking dwarf. He stands about three foot nine. Green-hooded cloak, gold tassel on the hood. They're probably as not quite as wealthy as Monin, but fairly wealthy. And your experience... Um, from Woodman and from you living in Esgaroth is that the dwarves are a very, very wealthy race compared with anyone else you've ever met. And then the final one is the tallest of the three, Ha. He's about four foot six, blue cloak over a dull grey set, set of uh, mail. It actually looks as if they could have probably defended themselves, but fear got the better of them when, when you... Um, when they were ambushed, so and they basically backed off as the, to let you uh, to let you in there and, and help them. And they're very very thankful. Har takes out uh, doesn't say a lot. The others, uh, Boris talks a lot. Snorri is leads most of the conversation. He says, "Look, we were only camping uh, and trying to collect some wood for for the fire. We're only a uh, hundred yards or so away from here. So if you want to join us for uh, for some food as a as a mark of thank you," and he shivers a bit. Massive thank you. Come come sit by the fire with us. Well, hold on a second. Uh, you're three dwarves. And there are four goblins. And fair enough, they got the jump on you, but they're goblins. And then not only that, you run. And when we come running, you keep on running. What kind of dwarves are you? Why are you here if, you can run away, if you're running away from four dwarves and you're in Merkwood, for God's sake? He um, so he bows his head a bit and looks up and says, "I can't explain it, brother. I'm not something I'm proud of, but I do thank you." Why are you here? 
I'm afraid it would just shrug. Um, oh, but they but they look like we're going the opposite direction from you. We were traveling, traveling south. Been a long been a long route so far. Uh, we're going down to to the river. We are actually going to do some fishing. Fishing. Where are they from? I'm half um, asking that from Monin. Are, are these from? Are these your brothers from the the Lonely Mountain, or? I don't recognise their accents. I mean, we're we're from the Blue Mountains and come over. Oh, recently, sorry. Only recently. Oh, no, you're right because we, we are Erebor now because we moved across. But I don't. I. These are strange dwarfs. Boys, would you be Tomb Robin or something like that? No, I mean they. You, you would guess, yeah, oh, yeah. We're from we're from Erebor. Um, doing a bit of travelling now. Um, to be honest, just trying to keep ourselves out of trouble and wanted to see a bit of bit of the world. We'll be heading up back up north in a, in a couple of months, maybe to go to Dale. But um, what's, what's thought we were taking a safe route. What's your clan and family line? So he'll try and work out if he's actually heard of these family, this clan or whatever. Yeah, give me a law check in the tower. I've just seen half of Yeah, I've seen that. that was good. You have. So they are not a well-known house. And this is not all of them, sorry. This is their leader, um, Snorri. You th think Snorri had some responsibility for basically Bellows repair in Erebor. And your family has run across his plan once or twice over the last 10, 15 years. When you needed components or things fixing. Oh, so, they, so they, okay, so it does check out. Okay, he's a bit more milder to them now. Okay, yeah. He, he yeah, I mean that they. nods like you know. Well, they check out. Yeah, you, 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 they're probably telling the truth there. They seem to be okay with that. Said, we'll, well, we will. We'll share a meal with you. Sure, we'll do that. Oh, you're more than welcome. Come, come, and um, so they take you back to. Uh, and it's been a, it's been a cold day. They were absolutely right. I mean, it looks like they've got a, a fire started, but it's not that well banked up. Scattered around the uh, the middle of the clearing, there is some fairly dry timber that they were taking, and it looks like they were carrying it when they got ambushed. And they gather it back up, invite you to sit down by the fire. It's in a um, fairly nice overhang. I wouldn't say cave, but there's a cliff overhang that they built it under. They know their business. Fairly dry down there on the ground. They've got a couple of tree stumps that, or old logs that they pulled up around the fire that aren't too damp. And it's actually quite homely. Some reflected heat coming off the, the, the ceiling cave. And it's a, it's a pretty nice place for them. As you sit down, Moni's eyes light up. One of them's got a small keg of beer. He, uh, <laughs> a keg of ale he, he passes around. Probably only holds about two gallons, but... Best thing you've seen for the last three weeks on the road. So, yeah, they were saying they're actually craftsmen. They were on a bit of a trek, as I said, to actually taking some fishing. Bori sits down and starts whittling with a sharp knife and a bit of wood. And you you settle down. They're, they've got a, a pig. I don't know where it came from. Like a fairly small, I wouldn't say a piglet, but it's not a, it's not a mature sow that's already been dressed. It's on a on a steak and they start grilling that by the fire keep it fed and say so what are you fellas traveling for this time of year oh begging your pardon madam and you madam well we were thinking about following the elf path do you know anything about it we we want to head 
we we want to head east, you see. We've just come back that way for literally two days ago. We passed down the Elf Pass to get here. And it would clear, were it? Well, we didn't encounter anything down there. It was... Sorry, I'm, I've, got, I've got the Woodman accent. I need to I need to put me Northern Irish accent. They were, um, no no problems at all. Uh, it'll sound Indian if I did that, so I'm not going to try it. Um, no problems at all on the Elf Path. It was, actually, the, this is the only real danger we've encountered on our entire journey. No, right. Um, okay, and you say you're you're going fishing. Yeah, pardon we... me for pardon me for asking, but um, we've noticed, and she looks over at moaning. But well, your kind ain't really made for water sports, are you? I can't and, uh, really see you enjoying a bit of fishing. No spits beer out of his nose when you say that, and says, uh, <laughs> um, and then he looks up, and then he. Sounds a bit nervous again and starts carries on carving, but Snorri kind of chuckles and looks over and said, Very observant, madam. Uh, no, we're not. We've never fished before in our lives, but I do like fish and we don't get a lot until there's traders up from Esgaroth and um, they don't come to our to our part of the, the mountain too too often actually, so we don't get as much as we like and thought we'd try our hand at it. Not sure how you do it. I've got got some daggers. I thought we would try and stab them. Oh, right. What? Well, I can probably give you some tips, but I'm just wondering why the fish in the Andouin are tastier than the ones that are like, well, about half an hour from where you, you, you live, if you, if you take my meaning. But nope. It's up to you. I'm sure those fish in the Andouin are bloody tasty. Well, that's what we were looking to do. Um, can I make an but... insight roll? I think they're lying. Mm. Seems like the do. Give me an inside check in the tent. Oh, I knew you'd say that. Uh, that was an accidental overall, but okay. Um, um, I'm moaning in there as well, just because I'm watching as well, listening. Yes, give me an inside check in the tower. No, I put it in the tower as well. That's not a double roll. It's probably one of mine. Uh, Is it not one from Animal Freedom? One from yeah, Animal actually... Um, I'm afraid you're a bit sceptical, but moaning, the more they're saying it, you, you know you know Snorri, I think, or definitely know his father or, or brother or something. So you're definitely aware of his line. He seemed like a solid uh, craftsman from your knowledge, and you'd see no reason to be lying. Um, you're fairly comfortable in that story. And he, he you can tell by the way he jokes about Dwarves and fishing. That actually, it's a kind of common, common joke that absolutely dwarves do not make fishermen. But quite a few try and prove prove the adage right. Normally, that they don't make good fishermen. So you think that they, yeah, they probably are going. They have no idea how to do it, but they, they've got this idyllic view that fishing is a nice, relaxing pastime, and you'll end up with loads of fish and be very full in the evening. But it's probably very okay. So, about, so if moaning kind of just nods and goes. Camel Frida will frown a bit and carry on eating, drinking, etc. Yeah, she, she, she won't push uh, the point or anything. So as the evening evening wears on a bit, you the tension that's, as you start to encounter kind of drops away a little bit. They're good company. Fire's nice and warm. The smell of pig roasting starts kind of wafting across to you, and you find out a little bit more about them. So they. They all have um, family in Erebor, and they're actually not going to be going that far south. They're not going to be going far south as 
the carrop or anywhere on, on the Anduin. They re- really want to just see the Anduin, do a day or two's fishing and head home. So Snorri, you find out, so he hopes to find his sons uh, for whom he was parted uh, if they each sought work as a committee. He hasn't seen them for a long time. Bori longs to see the wonderful sights of Erebor since he was, hasn't been back there for a long time now. And they met with him. They hadn't been with the, with the group prior to that. And he's not originally from, hasn't been back to Erebor for a long time. Uh, and he really just wants to settle down. He's been doing a lot more travel than the other two. How you discovers, at, and this is only after an hour or two of sitting down and sharing a pipe and a, and a ales, that it's a sad tale. He's hope, hoping to return to Erebor, and he actually left because he'd lost his wife from, of many years since the dragon came. Um, you don't really find out a lot more, but whether lost meaning she died when Smaug came or something else, but... He's right. he's the most melancholy of the three and doesn't do a lot of um I like him. <laughs> <laughs> man man of my taste. Um so yeah. Bori passes as as uh, as Hal's tale come out, Bori passes around with some more wooden cups and pulls some more ale and right, toast of victory today, lads, and, and there's another toast as well. To Bori this time from Snorri saying well done for catching this delicious pig we're all about to eat. Anyone want to play a riddle? Oh, we love a good riddle. Sonori says so. Oh, now says, yeah, I do. I do. That'd be lovely. Uh, and he settles down. And so, you know what? I'll start first. Not right. What is this? Feed me and I live. Give me drink and I die. What am I? Fire. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know. Oh, we need that one. <laughs> Bloody wait until I've had a go. (laughs) I'll go back to my book of Uh, advanced riddles level seven. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go back to my book of Sudoku. Sorry. (laughs) Smart ass is the only one I knew. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll, I'll go for a much, much trickier one then. Bori, you have a crack. Bori says, all right, all right. I think I've got a good one. <clears throat> there are two guardians at two doors. One guardian always tells the truth. The other guardian always tells a lie. One of the doors leads to a great heap of magical treasure. Oh, the, like that. The other door leads to certain death. Only one door can be opened, and only one question may be asked. What is the one question that must be asked to either guardian to be sure to know which is the correct door to go through to avoid death and find that great hoard of magical treasure. And then what must be done? Oh, that's bloody hard, that is. Paste that so you can read it. Oh, wait, one question. Hmm. Oh, I think I know that one, Amalfried. I think you say to them, which one of you wants to live? <laughs> Which 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 one is no, that to live? then then which one opens the door is the one that lives and the ones that don't are the ones that you'd smash. Well, I'm not very good at riddles. I have to be honest. Oh. Even Hathis is looking a bit stumped at this one. Yes. Right, I think I know the answer, but Amal Frieda would She's a simple soul. Yeah, and uh, Mona's got a, in a 10, so he's, he's not particularly punching very high either. <laughs> um, can we make a 
can I make a riddle roll to not yeah, to, yeah, you no, can make not to know the answer, but uh, oh Christ! Have uh, <laughs> you got low wisdom? That's intelligence. <laughs> Green thick as pig shit, if not thicker. Yeah, you think the answer is um, ask one which door to open, and then go through the door he suggests. That's right. <laughs> Meeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> we don't know. Ask either of them if they're a tree frog. What? <laughs> tree frog? Yeah. Will, will that work? Well, if he says no, then he's telling the truth. If he says yes, then he's a liar. But we, can, but we don't know which door. Got one question. Them. There's four people. No. Four guardians, two doors, one question to one person. Two guardians, two doors. Is there two guardians at each door? And no, one guardian at each door. Oh, that makes it easier, right? Okay. Well, I'll say easier. You would, you would never get a, a, some complex analysis. Of- <laughs> it's. I know it's a. I've heard this class of problem before, and it's to do with double negatives and all the rest of it. But I can't quite remember this one. It was so bloody long since we did this one. Rory's looking eagerly around his colleagues who obviously know the answer, and he's like almost hopping up and down. No, and no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Harpus is bloody clever. He'll get it in a minute, he just needs time. I, I have to admit, I'm bloody stumped. This, um, I, I have to admit, so I uh, the riddles were so crap in the uh, <clears throat> middle of scenario thing that I decided someone's put some great riddles together. And I took, set it into a table and they are a lot more challenging. Yeah, that, I mean, mm. I think that, that one's kind of a... Uh, a classic, I think. That's the yeah, thing. it is. So yeah. most of them are, they've just... Like, made there's no fun. way, but there's no way Amal Frieda would know. No, that's pretty tough. I think it's been... It was used ages ago in the Doctor. Uh-oh, that's, that's another geeky thing I, I've just revealed. <laughs> so this is a permutation problem. Hmm. Um, so there's only two questions that are relevant. So which, which is a safe door, for example, and then you've only got two people to ask it to, and the two results after that is you either take their advice or you don't yeah. and open one or the other door. So just work out, is there any route that's guaranteed to get you safe? Yeah. Don't you say to one of them, which door would the other one tell me to open? That's right. That's the one. Mm, I, that's, that is, that's the answer. So yeah, that, and then what, which door do you choose after that? The truthful person will tell you the liar would tell you the wrong door. And the liar would... Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, bloody hell. So he always tells the truth and the other always yeah. not. Yeah, so if you pick the true person, then the true... Yeah. So the truthful person would tell you the right door, so the liar would say that the true person would give you the wrong but door. But remember, you're asking the, the, other one. the guardian what his, what his friend would say. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. It was like you so the The truth will tell you that the liar will tell you to go through the the wrong door, and if you ask the liar, the liar will tell a lie and tell you that the person who tells the truth will send you through the wrong door. So you. So whatever they say, you do the other door. Yeah. Congratulations, guys! Well worked out. That was the answer. Burry looks like crestfallen as. Hathus and uh, Sigma piped up, um, were kind of working this out, drawing things in the in the in the <laughs> dirt, and he was convinced you were going to all get it wrong, but you got it correct. So, well done. Nothing. Uh, I won't do too many riddles, but that that was 
that was fun. There was also dwarves. Actually, ha, ha strikes up a tune um, as one, uh, one part of the evening. Quite a quite a mournful dwarvish voice, which is quite nice and he enjoys. Um, and he sang about Durin, uh, Durin's folk living neath Erebor, um, and about the riches there. Um, and Moaning gets a little homesick. He's absolutely has heard this song before. It's a fairly well known dwarven tune. Well, Moaning um, will try and join in with his horn, which he's already learning. <laughs> oh, give me, give me a horn roll. Oh. That's better. Yeah, it's, terrible, it's only every other note's <laughs> off key a little bit now, but that's definitely an improvement over the uh, over the battle charge. Um, <laughs> but they, you, you all, genuinely seem to be really enjoying yourself from that. And as you're as you're sitting there, and Bori goes over and starts tending to the pig, and he says, um, "Oh, I think it's I think it's about ready now. You've had a couple of couple of ales each. You're feeling pretty nice, and you're suddenly." Kind of taken back away from the scene. You moaning are taking to the uh, dwarven halls and sitting around communal tables, ripping meat apart from the table and stuffing it into your face. And you're all got happy memories of this. It's bringing back very positive memories. And the pig looks, it doesn't look like a wild boar. It looks like a, just a pink pig, uh, uh, as if it bred. And do you want to ask him any questions or anything uh, while you're having dinner? Where did you catch the pig? It's just delicious. Caught it in a snare. A snare. Can Animal Free to make a survival roll? Give me a either a best of investigation. Oh, come on! Investigation or insight? Oh, you bugger! Can I do this I, as well, John? Yeah, you, you're listening. Anyone who's well, that's my question. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'd make an insight. Oh, sorry, investigation or insight? I'll do it with insight because I'm a bit suspicious about that. But. So, Amal Frida, no concerns there. You, um, you think he's lying. Right. Okay. You're pretty sure he didn't catch pig in a snare, mainly because you know they're domesticated animals bred for food. If it was a wild boar, maybe. Yeah, a pig, yeah. Monin's going to ask about the... the uh... Statue, the fallen face of the Manish King. So they know anything of the history of of, of this place. Good idea. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, we didn't spot that. Where was that? Uh, just just at the beginning of the uh, of the road, just about a uh, about about three hundred four hundred yards down there. Well, I'll be jiggered. I had no idea that was there. I know we did see a couple of some fallen stones look like old walls, but not a not a whole head lying in there, a big statue. You were quite fortunate to see it, to be honest. It was pretty well overgrown. And before you guys go to bed, I just wonder if anyone would like a game of smoke rings. How do we play smoke rings? You basically nominate a... Uh, it's, a first, it's first to ten points. It's a game of skill, which is based on your smoking capabilities. You can make a choice... <laughs> You can use your... That talking uh, was a weird chat, wasn't it? Yeah, that was proficient with... So if you want to go and try and blow a smoke ring in the shape of a, a dragon, you can do. Actually, I, I may I may ditch these game of smoke rings because it is a bit too simple. No, I don't know. No, I think it's, it's within... It, it's within... They, they, they probably would do it. We'll, we'll just keep it fairly, fairly brief. So 
the, you can basically pick, choose a uh, a smoke ring that um, gradually increase in point value. First to ten points wins the game. Right. Uh, it doesn't smoke, unfortunately. So it's got one of the. She's not interested. So goes from no, DC twelve for a series of tiny smoke rings up to the dragon, which is DC eighteen, worth eight, <laughs> and everything in between. Go for the shrinker. I love the shrinker. The shrinker is a four point a four point skill check. So if yeah. Hathas has got as pipe smoking supplies, you can He's got his gear, yeah. Oh he's settling down to business. <laughs> Hathas says, I once turned semi professional, you know. <laughs> I obviously haven't haven't done this for years, not since the last international, but <laughs> right. Which <laughs> <laughs> point Sigma says, wait a minute, I'm a black belt. Yeah, so it's a it's a wisdom wisdom modified roll. Um, add your wisdom mod uh, or your dexterity mod if you're just naturally gifted with a with a nimble tongue to blow smoke rings. Um, pick whichever pick whichever one you want, and then you can uh, make a check. If you fail, you don't get any points. So, but it's it's a do you want to go for the quick victory with a single point fluke roll or try and accumulate points over a couple of rounds? And it's just a straight. Wisdom D20 roll, yeah? Wisdom save. Wisdom modified DC. If you've got pipe smoking supplies, you can add proficiency to that as well. What's the proficiency in? Which is plus two for you. Okay. Uh, plus two at your level, so yeah. Oh, my proficiency bonus. So yeah. it'd be wisdom check plus two. Yeah. And what's DC? I haven't. I clicked off the... Uh, let me share, share that again with you. This is where you need Bard in the party. There you go. Uh... Series of tiny rings is DC 12. Small but perfectly formed spinning ring, DC 13. Medium-sized ring through which flies a small ring, DC 14. The grower and the shrinker, the giant's ring. No idea what that is. I'm not delving into that one. <laughs> or the dragon. I'll, I'll warm up with the shrinker and just see how it... Okay, going in, going in at the, going in the business end. So it's plus two, yeah, not plus 23. Can't type. Um, Plus two on a wisdom roll, yeah? Yeah, you can do it in the open. That's exciting. Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> So let me let me let me see the description of your shrinker. <laughs> um so it starts as a perfectly formed, beautiful circle, about six inches across, and it just slowly shrinks and it lowers down at the same time, almost like describing an invisible funnel until it comes down to a tiny pea size sort of smoke, and then it just goes, poof, and disappears. Nice. All the boys are, the, the dwarves nod pretty well at you, and you can hear them mumbling a bit, moaning can hear them mumbling in dwarvish. Not bad for a human. I've seen them. Actually, look at, look at the old nicotine stains in his beard. <laughs> He's been smoking for years. <laughs> and then Snorri steps up to the, uh, up to the plate, and uh, he says, um, it's a bit of conferring. He said, right. Mainly for the amusing. Let's go for the giant ring. Oh, you bastard! And he uh, and he takes a big suck on his pipe, and then he takes oh. inhales rather than exhales at the moment of ring release. <laughs> Is he blowing he smoke out of his nose? Smoke pours out of his nostrils, and he cuts his button, and he balls that one up. So round, round, uh, round one. You're here. not singing anymore. <laughs> You're not singing. Anymore.
And then, so Hathas, what are you choosing for round? Mm, it's four so ahead at the moment. I got four points, haven't I? Um, I'll go for a medium-sized ring through which she flies us to okay. consolidate my win. Okay. I mean, Good luck. I don't want to humiliate the man on his home turf. That would be rude, wouldn't it? <laughs> so twelve. Oh! Oh, I thought that was a two. I thought that was a two. It's a twelve. No, there oh. you go. So that is uh, the same site, no, smaller than before. Beautiful again, another perfect circle. Just slowly rotating, goes through it, John. These, that's... They're, they're, they're nodding and okay. Rory takes a couple of deep breaths. Grasps his <laughs> wooden go for the mug of ale. He, he downs his ale and he puffs out his cheeks, and he you see him drawing. A, Deeply into his pipe, it's glowing red in the uh, in the firelight. He's sucking in loads and loads. Not too and loads. much. <laughs> he says, "Dragon, nobody can handle that power." And he <laughs> explodes. <laughs> he, sorry, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just show you what he rolled. <laughs> he bites the end of the pipe. He as. Uh, so Bori says something Moni recognises, which is, remember the last time you tried that, uh, just as he, on the last inhale, completely internalised the whole lot. Literally, he sparks embers out of his nose by the end of that one and uh, feels absolutely horrible. He's like coughing and spluttering. He falls off his log, lies on the dirt, and he's like coughing his lungs up for 15, 20 no, seconds after that. No offence. Don't take this wrong, but you're fucking crap. <laughs> Moni's just chuckling. He's, he sits up and he's literally wiping tears from his eyes. Like it's, it's bloodshot a bit. He's, he's wheezing and you can tell he's like, he's probably bust a little bit of his lung with that one. Um, and he looks over to half and says, uh, 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 your, your turn. Are you sure you want to continue? You may need medical attention, my boy. <laughs> I'll go. I'll I'll go for the grower just because just for variety, I guess. So it's plus two. I can't imagine I'll get another good roll in a row. But Half if a I fail, if I fail, I'll try and look like I'm helping. I'm nice to him. Ah, only a twelve. Ooh, the grower doesn't quite grow. It's a station. I'll yeah, put my just, hand through it. I'll put my hand through it. Broke substandard. Up. Yeah, substandard. Yeah. So um. Snorri stands up again, he rinses his mouth out with some water, spits it into the fire, and then downs another half a cup of beer and says, uh, right, a uh, bit of conferring with Bori. And Har's just pissing himself laughing. And by the way, Har um, uh, is starting to open up to you, moaning a little bit about his background. He was a smith. Oh, um, okay. we'll Snorri, Snorri was the best one. Have a talk to him in the morning. Um, and then he uh, he says, right, I believe I'll fuck it up again. And he says, right, dragon again. Only chance I've got. <laughs> fucked or famous. Ooh, pulls it out the bag. Oh, the little he sucks deep on his pipe. And he blows this amazing smoke ring. Elongates out the side. And then as it's breaking up, it dives down. It appears to like a dragon swooping. And then it dissipates in the fire. And even oh. he is amazed. Boris yeah. is just like, yeah, yeah, I will applaud. Yeah, Mona's cheering. I will, I, will have, I will magnanimously applaud that and say that is one of the best dragons I've seen for a little while. And he 
getting in a swing, he chinks his, uh, not chinks, he smacks his wooden cup against yours and says, uh, good luck, good luck, your, your turn. Oh, in which case, I'll try the dragon just to, just because it's that, that stage of the competition, yeah? That's the spirit, you, only, you only need another three points for victory. I know, but rather than just play percentage pipes, <laughs> yeah? I've got to rise yeah, to go the challenge. It. Yes! Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> so, like a like a great renowned archer of English folktales, yeah. your your dragon is slightly bigger, slightly better at diving, and doesn't dissipate quite as early as his dragon. And in fact, it almost appears to only just start dissipating and rise up as it hits the hits the far side. <laughs> <laughs> Moaning's loving it, and just moaning, moaning leaps to his feet and just pats you on the back. He's like spray beer out of your nose as uh, as he thwacks you with his with his mailed fist a little bit. And everyone's absolutely delighted with the performance. Um, Snorri looks up afterwards and says, "Well, my boy, never thought I'd see myself lose to a to a better dragon than the one I just pulled out my ass, but you did fine work there. So please." Have, have this, and he passes to you an ornately carved pipe. I've dropped it in the party sheet, oh, and you see it wasn't the one he was using, uh, um, uh, but it was the much nicer than the one he was using by the looks of it. Uh, and you look at it and go, "That looks nice, very nice, uh, excellent." I shall treasure this. I remember this. I shall treasure this. And. You um, sorry, just get. Wow, that was a that was a high scoring game there. Congratulations. He says after that, well, gentlemen, lady, that was a very fun night. In the end, could have worked out a lot worse. He's licked licked some of the pork fat off his fingers and says, um, "Time for sleep." Then, any of you want want to? Now, I'll I'll call a call a halt today uh, after this. But any of you guys want to rest as per normal or with? with a watch or are you okay they, they seem to be basically just getting their backs to the warm warm kind of cave side and wrapping themselves up in in their cloaks and blankets and going getting their heads down but up to you are you going to have the uh look out on guard for the night as well uh, i, I yeah, think we should keep the guard yeah i don't think these guys bring any additional protection or anything like that so yeah excellent and okay. Then, and then, uh, just we wrap up there, Monan will be up to Brother Hathas. So I, I misjudged you. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't think you'd bring much to this, and you can handle yourself in a fight, in a riddle, and in a smoking game. So I'm very sorry. I misjudged you there, brother. I appreciate that. I shall hold out my hand in a human gesture. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll shake it and wink. Yep. Doesn't mean we're Good married, stuff. though. And all storm puff. <laughs> that's that's something to do with rings, I think. Okay, so you've had a nice evening smoking, eating some great pork, best food you've had on the journey the, the whole the whole trip so far, and drinking some ale. And the, the dwarven company were fine. Moaning, you exchange some words with her before you go to bed, but he basically says, "Yeah, Snorri's your man, uh, and you you know this probably." From um, from your time in Erebor as well, that he's probably got some insight into certain bits of smithing, um, probably based on exact temperature temperature change and stuff like that. Uh, but he then maybe hawking better bellows to you as well, so keep an eye, keep an eye on him for that. But uh, um, and with that, you hit the sack.